Fantastic. Good morning, church family. Are you good this morning? I said, Johannes, now, I said, oh, my food, I can't break, can't grow it. I said to him, I feel beverig. Not nervous. After the worship, sometimes when we encounter the presence of the Lord, I feel beverig. We feel always so particular. The presence of the Lord is in this place. And if it is new to you, I want to encourage you this morning, God has got something for you today. God has got something for every single person in this room. The question is, are we willing to receive it? And I believe we are. That's why you are here. So why don't you close your eyes? I feel like I just want to pray. Let my skit not come by again. Jesus, we just want to bring you honor this morning. Lord, we thank you for your presence that is in this place. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that you are the great, true, and good shepherd. And Lord, I thank you that you have got a word in season for every single one of us sitting in this room, listening to this sermon afterwards. Lord, we pray through your powerful Holy Spirit that you will speak to each one of our hearts a rhema word, a life-changing word, a powerful word that we will never, ever be the same. Thank you for your word that is life. Thank you for your word that is power. And when we sit in your presence and when we sit under the teaching of your word, the greatest authority in our lives, things will change. Things will happen because you are the king. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. My goodness. I think it's a great span, which is incredible. If you missed the announcements, we've got a prayer team. Because Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. Yes, we have great coffee, but this is a place where we go into the heavenlies. And we want to see things change in our lives. We want to see the kingdom come to earth as it is in heaven. So it will be on earth. Do you believe the word this morning? Amen. Okay. But if you have not been here for the last three Sundays, we have been speaking about a uh, statement called the I am seven statements. Actually, we've been speaking about all of them. I am statements that Jesus made in the gospel of John. All right. There are seven particular statements that Jesus made where he revealed his deity. In other words, the fact that he is truly God. He's not just another prophet. He's not just another guy showing up in Jerusalem. He's actually the Son of God. He is the Messiah that everyone have been waiting for for how many years? And so three weeks ago, four weeks ago, today is week four, we spoke about Jesus is the bread of heaven. And you can listen. If you missed any of them, you can go and listen online. But we spoke about how he's the bread of heaven. Bread is something we need every day, sustenance. We need him. He's the only food we need, the bread of heaven. And then the second week, we spoke about the light of the world. And we spoke about how Jesus is the one that dispels the darkness. And when we are in him, we are the light of the world. Very powerful. And then last week, Johannes spoke about the door. And it's the same passage that I'm going to speak on today. Jesus 
did both of those, the door and the shepherd, in one message. And we're going to talk about why this morning. And the door was a powerful message, so if you missed that, you can go and listen. But today we want to speak about Jesus as the good and true shepherd. And I thought of all of the seven statements, this one feels like it's the one we all know. We all grew up, or most of us grew up in Sunday school. Most of us had the Bible lessons. We know about Jesus the Lamb. We know about the sheep. But do we really? Do we really know? Do we really have that revelation of Jesus being the shepherd, the good shepherd? And the more I studied it, the more I feel like, man, Lord, open up our eyes so we can hear and understand the depth of what you want to teach us. Because there is so much more, I believe, Jesus wants to reveal to us that he wants to reveal to you for your life, for today, for right now. And so I'm glad you are here this morning because I believe you will be blessed. Amen. Everyone say amen. Okay, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to John 10. It's the same passage as we said Johannes spoke about last week. Johannes 10. It's also on version if you follow on the Bible app. And we are going to read. I actually started off in my notes with the whole chapter 10. And then I realized, well, that will take up half of the sermon time. Maar ja, hoe komt het ons tijd, hè? I just feel like we should keep going today. Is anyone with me? Let's apart, amen. Okay, if you are in John 10, say, I am there. All right, let's have a look. I'm going to read from the Amplified. It's also on the screen. Now, Jesus already started teaching last week, and he said, I am the door of the sheep. So he's starting off with this teaching by using a sheep analogy, shepherding analogy. And then in verse 10, he says this, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life. Everyone say, enjoy life. And have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Verse 11, he starts off and he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his own life for the sheep. But the hired man who merely serves for wages, who is neither the shepherd nor the owner of the sheep, when he sees the wolf coming, he deserts the flock, runs away, and the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. And the man runs because he is a hired hand who serves only for wages, and he is not concerned about the safety of the sheep. We're going to talk about who is the hired hand. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd, and I know, how beautiful is the Amplified, I know without any doubt those who are my own. Okay. I am the good shepherd, and I know without any doubt those who are my own, and my own know me and have a deep personal relationship with me, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my very own life, sacrificing it for the benefit of the sheep. 
I have other sheep beside these that are not of this fold. Who are those sheep? Jesus is talking to the Jewish people. So the other sheep are the Gentiles. Amen. And I must bring those also, and they will listen to my voice and pay attention to my call, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. Can anyone feel the weight of those words when you read through it? I am the good shepherd. I lay my life down. I sacrifice it for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I just love it. I feel like there is such a weight. Now, obviously, as we said, Jesus is speaking to a Jewish audience. Remember, they knew the imagery of shepherding. They understood exactly what Jesus was getting at. And that's why when you even read through the rest of the chapter, you see how some of these Jewish religious leaders knew exactly what he was saying, knew exactly what he was trying to get at, and that's why they were offended. Some of them even said, who is this man? He has a demon. Can you imagine accusing Jesus? But they understood the analogy of shepherding. And who remembers all of the old characters in the Bible, from Abraham to Jacob to Isaac to Moses to even David? David, They were all shepherds. They were all shepherds. And even in the Old Testament times, God referred to himself as the shepherd. And the Bible speaks of us as the church, as the flock. So the Bible compares the church to many things. I mean, we're a bride. We are a body. We are many things, but we are also a flock. Amen. And so that's why Jesus is using this analogy, because they understood the analogy. You can write this one down, Psalm 100, verse 3. Psalm 100, verse 3 says, We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now Jesus comes and he says, You understand the analogy of shepherding. You understand that there are shepherds among you, but I am telling you, I am the good shepherd. I am the shepherd. I am also the shepherd that has been prophesied about for many, many years. And this is where they start to get confused. And even in this chapter, it continues in John 10, and it says at one point, he used this analogy and he was teaching them from the shepherding analogy, and they did not understand what he meant. But when we start digging through, we'll see exactly what Jesus means. And I understand the whole thing. Who understands sheep? Who who has family wat boer? Jy het family wat boer? Okay, nie baie van ons I was born in Kalfinia. Wie weet was Kalfinia? Drie mense. Dis in die Namakwaland. It's about Cape Town, four hours north. Dan kom hier raad tussen niks en herens. Daar is Kalfinia. I was born there. It's very much like windhoek, stof, sand, geen water. Maar daar skape. Dorper skape is what my grandfather and my great-grandfather and my father farmed with. So I ken a dorper skapie. In fact, I had, when I was younger, I thought I had a picture, and I even looked yesterday, I couldn't find a picture of this. But I had a skapie, or naam was Snooky. I know we have a family service, so I don't want to say it out loud, but Snooki was later nie meer. 
Okay, snookie, snookie was geslaagd. But I do remember this whole thing of we would go out with my dad back on the bucky. There was a scoreboard, and the rest of us were trying to get the sheep into the crawl. Yes, my English is nowhere for ogen. And we were trying to get the sheep into the crawl. And you know how difficult it actually is? Because sheep need a shepherd. Sheep do what they want, when they want. Very thick-headed. And so I'm like, Lord, I completely understand why he uses the analogy of sheep with us as humans. Because we are very much like sheep in many aspects. But the reality is sheep need a leader. Sheep need someone to guide. Sheep need someone to direct, to show the way, to protect. Sheep are not actually able to protect themselves at all. And sheep need someone to make sure that they get to a place of feeding, that they get to a place of water. They're completely helpless, completely by themselves if they don't have a shepherd. So if we start off from that analogy, we can start to see where Jesus is going with this thing. All right. So Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. Now, there's an emphasis on the good shepherd. He's not saying, I am a shepherd. He's not only saying he is the shepherd. He's saying, I am the good shepherd. Why? Because there were many shepherds appointed by the Lord to take care of the people, but they were bad shepherds. They were not, and we see this today, they were not having the sheep in mind. They were not of that same nature and that same heart where they wanted to take care of the sheep, where they were willing to lay themselves down for the benefit of the sheep. And so Jesus does this. Remember we said two weeks ago, in this series, we are going to go back. Jesus spoke in John 10, but we're going to back to the Old Testament to see what did Jesus come to fulfill from the Old Testament prophecies and where was Jesus in the Old Testament as it pertains to this teaching that he's doing, because remember we said that Jesus is everywhere in Scripture. Every single Scripture points back to our shepherd, to him. And so Jesus continues, and in this piece, he's talking about the hirelings. He's talking about the bad shepherds. Now, who is he talking about? He's talking about the religious leaders of the day. He's talking about the kerkleiers, wat aangestel is oor mense but they don't have a heart for the sheep. And they are actually doing in the sheep, and the Lord is not pleased with that. And I want you to turn to an Old Testament scripture this morning. Ezekiel 34. If you're not sure where it is, it's in the Old Testament. Kijk voor in your Bible, in the index, Ezekiel 34. Otherwise, write it down and it will come up on the screen. This is the prophecy that Jesus came to fulfill. Ezekiel 34, we're going to read from verse 1. And the word of the Lord came to me. This is the Lord speaking to the prophet Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, the spiritual shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Woe, judgment is coming to the spiritual shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? And so the Lord is giving a warning through this prophet, 
and he's saying to the spiritual leaders of the day, I am seeing how you are not being good shepherds over the people that I have entrusted you with. I am seeing how you've got your own agenda, your own motive, your own idea, and you're only there to benefit from the sheep, but you're not there to protect them. And that is why I appointed you. So God is very serious about this thing. If he has appointed you over people, if he has appointed you over people's hearts, sometimes it looks like leaders can get away with stuff, but I'm telling you now today, church, God will never allow it. It may be for a time and a season, but God sees everything. And so he warns the spiritual leaders. Further down in that scripture, you can go and read at home. He says, you're only feeding yourselves. You're not strengthening the weak. That's your job, shepherd. You're not strengthening the weak. You're not healing the sick. That's your job as a shepherd. But you're ruling them with force and violence. And because there are no shepherds, the people are not being shepherded, the flock has scattered, and they've become prey for the enemy. Huge warning that the Lord gives. And so Jesus is making a contrast in this passage in John 10, and he's comparing himself as the good shepherd, and he's comparing himself to the bad and the false shepherds, the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes who stood in the high places, but they never took care of the people. They were only there for their own benefit and for their own motive. And Jesus says, I am not like them. I am actually the good shepherd. I am here to lay my life down for you. That posture of that humble, beautiful servant of God, Jesus Christ. He's telling them who he is. He's revealing something about his deity, something about his character by comparing. The Pharisees did not love the people, nor were they willing to sacrifice for them. They were self-appointed shepherds. And they led the sheep of Israel astray from the true knowledge of the Messiah. And they made them focus and get stuck in a works-based religion instead of revealing the Messiah and accepting the Messiah to show them who the real Savior was. So these false shepherds kept the people in bondage. And this is what the Lord was so displeased about. And these leaders were not the true shepherds, but they were like thieves, plundering the flock for their own gain. And church, I just want to say this. We are not a church that ever speaks against the body. But Johannes and I see this a lot. And with the internet, I think it's amazing. It's great that we get amazing teaching. You can listen to any church in the whole world I want to tell you this, be very careful what you listen to online. Not everyone that says they're a church leader was appointed by the Lord. And we have this conversation many times with people who got hurt in church. And listen, there's no church that is perfect. We will all get hurt because we're all on a sanctification journey. We're all on a journey of growth. But I want to say this, what are some red flags if the person that you are listening to has no one that they're accountable to. They don't have a pastor themselves. They don't have anyone else in their leadership. 
They're not linked to any other spiritual accountability or authority or covering. And we have seen that. Then people bring those teachings into the church, and I'm like, waar kom jy daar aan? Nee, ek het vir Pietie op die internet geluister. Well, who is, where does Pietie come from? And again, we're not speaking against, but we have to warn you, it is our job as shepherds to make sure that we protect you from wrong doctrine. It's our job. If we irritate you sometimes, that's okay, but it is our job to protect the sheep from wrong doctrine, for example. It's very important. That's why when we do our new members, we tell people, where do we come from? Johannes and I didn't self-appoint ourselves. We were sent out. We were commissioned. We have a pastor. We have people that we are accountable to that can tell us, hey, we have to open ourselves up. The moment we put ourselves in a place where our pastors and our accountability cannot bring correction to us, we're in a dangerous place because God has appointed us to be here. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought it's really, really important. If you're part of this church, it's our job to take care of you, to make sure. That's going to take you down a wrong path. It's our job to protect. Amen. Amen? It's very important, church. We see this all the time. And to be honest, I have to talk about it. Nia, but I learned from Sunny, and Sunny's got her own ministry. Okay, who sent Sunny out? Nia, Sunny just decided herself. Roy Flachi. If we cannot submit, if leaders cannot submit to human authority, why would they submit to godly authority? We all are called to be under authority. In fact, we are all under shepherds, under the great shepherd. I mean, that's just something that I really felt we needed to talk about. All right, Ezekiel 34, continue down to verse 11. This is what he says further. Listen to how powerful this is. Verse 11, for thus says the Lord God, behold, I myself will search for my flock and seek them out. Verse 12, as a shepherd cares for his sheep on the day that, that, on the day that he is among his scattered flock, so I will care for my sheep and I will rescue them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. Isn't this amazing? This is what Jesus came and he comes to fulfill this very scripture, this prophecy from the Old Testament where the Lord said, I will go and rescue my sheep who are scattered. I will go and rescue my sheep who have lost their way, who have wandered away. And Jesus comes as the great shepherd to fulfill this very prophetic word. He says, I am the good shepherd. This is good news. He is the one who will leave the 99 to find the one. And I don't know about you, but you don't have to raise your hand, but who's ever felt like the one sheep that went astray? Like even as I was preparing, I was like, I was that sheep. I still see myself astray. And that's why I love the song that we sang earlier. But he came, I called, and he came and he rescued me. He came and he rescued me. And maybe some of us are sitting here today and you're saved, 
but you've lost your way. You've gone astray somewhere, like a sheep that just, you took a turn and decided you're going to go in this direction. Jesus is here and he's calling all the sheep back to the flock because that's the place of safety. That's the place of protection. That's the place of care. That's the place of provision. Amen. I said to the team, I watched the clip and I wanted to show it this morning, but I, I don't think it would have gone well over since it's family service. And I didn't want to show the children this clip. But I saw this powerful clip. I was doing research on shepherding in ancient Israel. So I could score videos yesterday. And it was so hilarious, but actually sad and actually wow at the same time. And I saw this video of a guy that he went on a tour in Israel and he was filming shepherds in ancient Israel on those same mountains that David wrote Psalm 23, which we're going to look at in a moment. And there's this huge flock of sheep and the shepherd and he's walking. And then you see, as he was filming unintentionally, literally one sheep decided, I'm going to stay behind. And you see in the shot how the sheep are walking with the shepherd. He's walking behind, and the shepherd obviously didn't see this last sheep. And he's walking with them, and this one sheep stands behind, and you see him turning around, looking back at the rest of the sheep and the shepherd, as if to say, I see where you're going, but I'm going this way. And he turns around, and he starts walking the opposite direction by himself, into a pasture where there's no grass, there's no water. And it's actually the sad scene, this scarpy but to a wonder. And then the shot changes and it shows a wolf coming from the other direction. And there is no way for the sheep to be protected. A sheep cannot protect itself. And obviously we all know what happened to the sheep. And I just thought, wow, Lord, that is the truth. That is how sometimes, you know, sheep can make a deliberate decision to walk away. Sometimes we just think it's a good idea, but it, we end up realizing later it wasn't a great idea. Amen? And there's going to be something on the screen. Let's have a look at the Greek word for good. The Greek word for good, as Jesus uses it in John 10, 11, says this. Kalos, which means honest, beautiful, excellent, surpassing, commendable, magnificent, praiseworthy, comforting. I love always looking at the words because it makes me think, okay, what does good actually mean? This is what Jesus is communicating. This is what a good shepherd does. He's comforting. He's honest. He's excellent. He's commendable. As Jacques earlier said, he's praiseworthy. And the Greek word for shepherd, in Afrikaans praat is van a herder. Nee? Skaap herder. It literally means shepherd, but it also speaks of feeding, protecting, the ruler of a flock of men, the one who cares for those committed themselves, who committed themselves to the flock. Not just a responsible overseer, but a caring parental figure, caring from a deep love to cherish the sheep. And that's the character that I believe Jesus is trying to communicate in this passage. 
And if you've ever watched some videos or if you know someone who, I mean, that's the oldest profession in the world. There's still many shepherds today. How they care for the sheep. Even as Johannes spoke last week, how there's only an opening in the sheep pen, a small opening. The shepherd would lie there at night, sacrificing his own life, because at night the predators come. And he only had a rod and a staff, but he would protect, even to the point of losing his own life to protect the sheep. That's what Jesus is talking about here. And so I pray that whatever our perspective of Jesus is this morning, that we will allow the Lord to change it to this picture. This is who Jesus says he is. This is who Jesus wants to be to you and who Jesus wants to be to me. A caring shepherd, even if we do stuff that sometimes makes no sense. All right, so a shepherd's job, we know it was dirty and it was dangerous. They had to fight off lions, bears, uh, wolves, all these things to protect the sheep. And sheep are very skittish animals. Like they're very, I don't know if you've known or if you've been with sheep or among sheep. Like anything startles them. But as Jesus spoke about here, when the shepherd leads, when the shepherds talk, they know to follow. They stick to the leader, except for an odd one here and there. Then the shepherd still comes for them. But they know the shepherd's voice, and they would calm down and follow him, and nobody but him. It's actually very profound. But why don't we go to Psalm 23? 23. Everyone knows Psalm 23. All right, are you there? So in Psalm 23, David is writing this psalm, obviously. And David was a shepherd. So David spent many, many years, in his younger years as a young boy, in the fields, protecting the sheep, herding the sheep, leading the sheep, and being really prepared by the Lord to be a shepherd for people one day, to be the king of Israel. But he didn't know that at the time. And God raised him up as a literal shepherd before he entrusted him to lead his flock, his people. And I want to say this, you know, church, sometimes we, not sometimes, we will all, as we pursue our calling and our destiny, we will all go through seasons of preparation and seasons of testing before the Lord entrusts us to lead his people. Because it's very, very important that we allow the Lord to do his processing in us. We can't just appoint ourselves and get to a place where we want to now do this. We want to now lead this. I want to start my own ministry now. It doesn't work like that. We cannot skip around the Lord's processes. It's very, very important. He always does it for a reason. But let's read Psalm 23. The Amplified will be on the screen. It says, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide and to shield me. I want you to write that down. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. What does that mean? In the Greek, it means I shall not lack. 
I shall not be without. I shall not lack. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still and quiet waters. You can make a reference there to Revelation 7 verse 17, which I'm going to read in a moment. Next to the still and quiet waters, Revelation 7, 17, verse 3, and he refreshes and restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Underline path of righteousness. Verse 4, and even though I walk through the sunless valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Everyone say, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort and console me. And so I'm going to stop there, and I want to share three things. Obviously, I had ten things, but I'm going to share three things this morning. Those that want all ten, you can stay. But a good shepherd does what? Number one, a good shepherd leads us. If you're taking notes, this will help you in the months to come. A good shepherd leads us. We said before, sheep are totally 110% dependent on the shepherd, dependent on the leader to show them where to find food, to show them where to find water, to actually survive. Sheep need leadership because without it, they will wander off and not just wander off, they will get injured and they will die. And I want you to think of this as we are the sheep and Jesus is the shepherd. Without following the shepherd, we will self-destruct. It is the nature of humanity. Without the leadership of the shepherd, we will self-destruct. I, I also watched this other video about three months ago. They found, I don't know if anyone saw this in the news. They found, I think her name is Fiona. They found Fiona the sheep in the UK down... A, or, I think it's between the UK and Scotland in a cliff where she was stuck for two years. And some farmers found her and they rescued her. And she had like all of this wool. And anyway, she survived because I think probably no wolves could get her there. But it's this bizarre story of the sheep that wandered off. She fell down a cliff. She got stuck. She got herself out of it and then walked on this little pebble beach for two years. And then they found her. Okay, Disney the random. Okay, so sheep needs a shepherd. And sometimes we think as people, and I think even sometimes as believers, we find ourselves in this place where we think, oh, I don't need leadership in this area. Ek wil doen wat ek wil doen. Niemand gaan vir my sê nie. We sometimes find ourselves, I am there sometimes. But that self-sufficiency and that pride is really what it is will get us injured spiritually, but sometimes also physically, materialistically, whatever. The list can go on. Jesus wants to lead us as the good shepherd because without it, we will become lost. 
And we've said it before, like maybe we're not lost in our salvation, but we can be lost in our relationships. We can be lost in our marriage. We can be lost in our job or in how we are providing for our family. We can be lost in our calling. And this morning, I believe Jesus is calling some people back to say, I'm calling your name. This okay, you've wandered off, but I'm here to get you back on track. Amen. It says there that he leads us in paths of righteousness. And I want the team to just put up those two pictures. This is a picture, I think we shared it uh, last year when we, or two years ago, when did we have our women's meeting at Rosewood? We spoke about this. This is actually what the hills look like from the vantage point of where David wrote Psalm 23 from. Who thinks when you read Psalm 23, I always thought of the green lush hills of Durbanville. Groen, groen, gras, blauw skyn water. No, no, this is what David saw when he wrote Psalm 23. And you see all of those lines around the hill, around the mountain. Those are the pathways that the sheep had been treading out. Those are the ways that shepherds would lead sheep on the hills of Israel to find food. There you can see how they're walking. To find food and to find water. And it actually, when you look at different footage, I didn't include everything, it looks like they're walking in circles. It's called the circular paths of shepherding. It looks and feels like they're walking in circles, but actually, it's the paths that the shepherds are leading them for their safety so they don't fall, so they don't miss the food and they don't miss the water. How many times do you and I walk a path that we believe God has led us on and it feels like we're walking in circles? And it feels like we're not getting to the destination that we feel like we should be getting, but the Lord says, can you just be patient and let me lead? I know where I'm taking you. Only the shepherd knows where the food and the water is. The sheep can never find it by themselves. And I believe these paths of righteousness refer to the paths that the Lord leads us through his word. What does righteousness mean? It means right standing with the Lord. It means the truth of God's word. The word is a lamp unto my path. The word, hallelujah, the word is the thing that guides me. The word is the thing that will correct me if I'm wandering off on a different path, on a different doctrine, on a different behavior, on a different idea. It's not just for people who need to come to Jesus. It's for us who follow Jesus every single day. He uses his word and he uses the under shepherds, the people that he appointed to guide and to nurture the flock. That's why it's so important that we can learn and understand the concept of being in a flock. And I'm preaching to the converted this morning because you're in the flock. Amen. But how many people are walking around thinking they can do this Christian life, this net akinesis? It's not the path of protection. It's not the path of provision. We're called to be in a flock. We're called to be taken care of. The shepherd is taking us a longer and a safer route oftentimes. Because what happens on the path also, we learn to hear his voice. We learn to understand his ways. We learn the weapons of the word so we can know how to keep ourselves safe also 
when the enemy comes against us, when spiritual attack comes our way. One of the things that really stirs in my heart in my calling is to be able to equip people in the Word of God so you have something in your hand when you go to war. Amen? That's what we're doing here. This morning, we're being equipped with the Word. We're being nourished. We're being fed, but we're also being equipped. Weapons are being put into our hand because tomorrow morning, we will face something. Tuesday morning, we will face something in the world, and we need to be equipped. We need to know the Word. We can't go into the world, into warfare, without our weapons. Amen? We need to learn maturity. We learn maturity in the flock, where we irritate one another, and where we get challenged, and where we get corrected. It's true. And many times, now is I one time irritated, or someone has said something or not been by the church, now I'm going out. Well, the road's going to become longer. It's going to happen at the next church as well. Leading means protection. That rod that David said, your rod and your staff protect me, that rod, I should have actually put a picture on, that's what the shepherd would use to protect the sheep. If the sheep moves in this direction and he wants to eat of this poisonous tree, the shepherd would knock it on its nose, not to hurt it, but to say, hey, stop it. Don't eat there. You're going to die. Come eat here. Let me show you. Let me guide you. I had so many things that I thought of as I was preparing this message, and I laughed at myself how many times I felt the Lord say, stop that. <laughs> Go this way. Okay, shepherd would sleep in the door at night, as we said, prodding us to walk on the side where we, want to be, where we need to be protected. Leading also means correction. Here's something we don't often like as believers. We don't often like to be corrected. I don't always like to be corrected. It's not in our nature to enjoy being corrected. But what did Paul say to Timothy? Timothy was what? He was a pastor of a local church. He was an under-shepherd, entrusted to take care of people. And Paul said to Timothy, and you can write this down if you want to go and read it, 2 Timothy 4, verse 2. He said to Timothy to strengthen him, Good luck with your role as a pastor. I understand it. Good luck. But he says to him, correct those who err in doctrine or behavior. Warn those who sin, but also, very importantly, encourage those growing in spiritual maturity through patience and faithful teaching of the Word of God. That is our job as pastors. That is the job of a church leader is to bring the word, but with patience and with great love and with great care. Never to lord it over people, but to bring it and to gently guide the sheep as a shepherd gently guides. But we need to submit to the great shepherd. Amen? But this is also applicable maybe to you in your marriage, maybe to you in your family as a parent, maybe even at work. We are all shepherds in some way, shape or form. But we need to know the word and we need to be led by the shepherd before we can shepherd others. How many times did Jesus say to Peter, do you really love me? Then feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Bring the word. Teach the word in every season. 
The paths that the Lord has for us are good and they are right, and it's on the road of His Word. Number two, a good shepherd provides. We're almost done. I've got so much more to say. Number two, a good shepherd provides. Everyone say, Jesus wants to provide for me. I quoted that to myself this week to remind my own heart. For this church, for us personally, Jesus wants to provide. In Psalm 23, it says, I shall not want that first scripture, which means I shall not lack. And we know that as the sheep are being led by the shepherd, only the sheep knows where the green grass is and where the water is. Even in some of those ancient uh, shepherding times, the water wasn't even in a stream. It was in a pit. There was no way that the sheep could get to the water. They first had to stand next to the pit, make sure they don't run ahead and jump into the pit. There's a problem. But they had to wait for the shepherd to drop the bucket in, to draw the water out, to be poured into their tray so they could drink. What does that say to you and me this morning? There are going to be things in our life that we have to wait for the Lord to provide. We have to wait and we have to go with His leadership, go with His guidance instead of, Johannes spoke about it last week and actually at our truth course, those of you who attend truth, and guard against this thing of self-effort and self-reliance. This is something that speaks to me very deeply. I'm someone that I just go and get it done. But sometimes, especially when we follow the Lord in paths of righteousness, paths of our calling, we sing the songs on faith, but then the Lord takes us to these deeper places where we are forced to rely on Him. There's nothing we can do in our natural strength. And we will be tempted, listen carefully, we will be tempted to go into self-effort. We will be tempted to make our own plans. And we go ahead of the Lord. We go ahead of His supernatural provision that will take care of way more than we could ever think or imagine or do for ourselves. Is that speaking to anyone else this morning or just me? The Lord will provide our physical, emotional, and spiritual needs But here's the reality. He doesn't always give us what we want. He always gives us what we need. Israel wanted a political king, a political leader. What they needed was a savior from sin. Amen? But the Lord will always give us what we need. And the Lord will lead us to a place where we can be content with what we have. A good shepherd by his nature will always provide everything that we need. And so what do we do in a place where we are trusting the Lord for provision? I thought about this. Practically, what do do Johannes and I do? Number one, we pray. I felt the Lord speak to my heart again this week. You make the petition, I release the provision. You make the petition, that means by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, 
I release the provision. But then also we need to be obedient. Something that we've never skipped on. If we're talking about financial provision, we can talk about emotional provision. We can talk about physical provision. Needs our food and water, all those things. Housing, safety. Something that Johannes and I have never skipped on is tithing. Because what is tithing actually? It is a faith release step that says, Lord, I trust you as provider. Without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. So there are certain things that when we pray and we make the petition, maybe the Lord will speak to us. Maybe the Lord will guide us to do something. We said in the first uh, service we did for the year, we spoke about the year of favor. Remember? The year of intimacy and the year of favor. Well, favor, as we spoke about it, we said that in faith, the Lord's provision is located along the path of obedience. We've seen this time and time and time and again. And it says, Lord, I trust you. It further goes down and it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Who's ever tried to make a sheep lie down? Okay, it's for Snooky. As a scorpion valeni, can you only foresee any? Try it. Go to someone's farm and probeer die in Igiladle. They won't lie down until this is what someone wrote. The strange thing about sheep is that because of their very makeup, it is almost impossible for them to be made to lie down unless four requirements are met. This is profound. Listen to this. First, they need to be free from the fear of predators. If they are fearful, if they are anxious, they cannot lie down. They will not lie down. They need to be free from friction with other sheep. As they claim with each other, they This is preaching to some. Third, freedom from the torment of pests on their body. Fourth, freedom from hunger for food. If they're hungry and they're thirsty and their needs have not been met, they won't lie down. And I believe the Lord wants to lead us to a place of contentment and peace beside the still waters and the green pastures. But before he can make us lie down, he needs to free us from those things. Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, do not be worried or fearful or anxious about anything. How many of us, we know that scripture, we quote that scripture, we write that scripture out, we teach that scripture, but we find ourselves in a place suddenly, something happens, we get a report, it could be anything, and suddenly we feel and you know what? It's not wrong to feel it. It's how do we deal when we feel it? How do we deal with it? How do we bring that fear to the Lord and surrender and say, Lord, forgive me for allowing this fear to come into my heart. I surrender. I renounce it and I give it back to you. Fill me again with your peace. And then I replace that fear with the truth where Jesus said, I will provide your every need. Lord, I will not fear. And this morning, we're going to pray because I really believe some people are finding themselves filled with anxiety again this morning. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd that want to lead you to paths of peace. But first, you need to surrender every fear and every anxiety. 
Number three, and this is my last point, a good shepherd restores. A good shepherd restores. In the desert, you saw those pictures. In the desert, where these ancient shepherds led the sheep, water was very scarce. As we said before, they had to rely on the shepherd to take them to the place of water, which was critical for their survival. They could not survive without the water. And who remembers when Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman in John 4? It was in the middle of the day, and she came to pull water from the pit. And Jesus asked her for a drink. And she said, why are you asking me for a drink? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. They had some racial tension there. And Jesus said, if you knew the drink that I would give you, you will ask me for a drink because I will give you the living water and you will never be thirsty again. What is the living water? The living water refers to the Holy Spirit. Only Jesus can pour out the living water of the Holy Spirit on our thirsty hearts, on our thirsty souls. Remember we spoke about Revelation 7, 17. It's not on the screen, but it says this. It's a prophetic word. For the Lamb, capital L, in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And I believe this morning that the Lord wants to refresh some of us with the living water of his precious Holy Spirit. You're finding yourself maybe at the end of February and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm already tired. I'm already weary. I'm already anxious. I already feel like this year is just way too much ahead of me. I already feel like March is a mountain. I thought of this this week, I thought, I had a moment where I thought March is a mountain. God wants to restore refresh this morning. I want us to stand. And before we end, I want us to just hit the lights for a moment, and I want us to sing a part of the song, and then I'm going to come up and pray for us. And what I want us to do after every message, every week, and we can do this as we sing this song, and if you don't know the words, that's okay. Just close your eyes and just picture the shepherd standing in front of you with his hand held out. I want us to ask, Holy Spirit, in this message, in this sermon, what are you speaking to me? What do I need to hear today? Maybe it's just one thing that he wants you to take home today. Let's just enjoy a moment in his presence and then I'll come up and pray. Amen. I want everyone to just close our eyes and if we can just limit movement at the back for a moment. We will always give the Lord an opportunity to minister to us at the end of a service. And I want to pray, I specifically felt this weekend as I was preparing, if there is anyone here this morning and you feel like that sheep that I shared in that video that Either you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. You've never had a moment where you can remember making a decision 
to allow Jesus to be your shepherd, to give your life totally and surrender totally to Him. Or maybe you have done that before, but somehow life just happened. It happens to all of us. And you made a wrong decision or you took a wrong turn or you thought it was the right thing, but it ended up, it ended up not being the right thing and you feel lost. You just feel far away from the shepherd. You feel like you've lost your way. You can't even see the flock and the shepherd anymore. I want to ask if there's anyone here this morning and you find yourself in that place. Everyone's eyes are closed. I want you to just raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. Because Jesus this morning is calling people back. He wants to be your good shepherd. He wants to lead you into everything that he has for you. If there's anyone, just raise them up nice and high so I can see. And I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for those just being honest this morning. And I want us to just all pray this prayer together. And again, I'm leading you in a prayer, but when you pray this, pray this from the depth of your heart. Because at the end of the day, we're here to lead. We're here to lead you to Jesus, but it's between you and Jesus. And I want everyone to just pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning that you are here that you are the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. And Lord, this morning I am sorry for wandering off on my own path, for leaving your leadership and finding out I'm just lost. I want to walk into your arms today. I want to ask you, Jesus, to be my good shepherd again, to lead me, to protect me, to guide me, to correct me when I need it. Thank you, Lord, that I will never be alone, for you are always with me. Lead me through your word and lead me through your Holy Spirit. And then I also want to pray for another group of people. And I want to ask if you are here this morning and when you walked in, you really feel a weight of anxiety, a weight of fear. It could be for a situation in your life. It could be for something you've heard. It could be for what you're facing tomorrow or next month, whatever it is. If you're feeling a weight of fear and anxiety, I want you to raise your hand. Today is the day of freedom. Today is the day of freedom. And I want us all to pray in this moment. This is very sensitive. The Lord is actually setting people free this morning. I want us to all pray together. Lord Jesus. I come to you today. I bring every fear, every anxious thought to the feet of the cross. I rebuke fear, the spirit of fear, in the name of Jesus. I am sorry, Lord, for allowing fear 
to penetrate my thoughts. I rebuke it this morning. And I'm just going to pray over you. Father, I break every fear, every anxious thought over your people right now in the name of Jesus. And I ask, Holy Spirit, would you release right now your peace that goes above all understanding in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I just pray that you move over your people right now. Fill every heart. Fill every mind. Fill every thought with the peace that goes above all understanding. Lord, fill them with your truth. Fill them with your word. The word says, do not be fearful about anything, for I am your God. He will go before you and he will go behind you. Thank you, Lord, that you're just moving. Thank you, Lord. Touch every person in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lastly, I want to pray. If you are here this morning and you feel weary, by weary I mean tired, you just don't feel you have strength to continue this year and we've just started. You just feel weary. You just need new life to be breathed into you. I want you to raise your hand. Jesus wants to touch some people this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want you to raise your hands to heaven. We do this as a posture and a prophetic act to say, Lord, we receive. And Father, right now I ask, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you baptize us afresh in your spirit this morning? I pray for the rivers of living water to flow right now over every weary heart, over every weary soul, every weary mind. Fill us, Lord. Fill us, Lord. Jesus said, my rivers of living water, when you drink of this cup, you will never be thirsty. Thank you, Lord. Just more. Just tell him, thank you, Lord. I receive your living water today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just more. Just more in the name of Jesus. See how the rivers of living water are literally washing away weariness, washing away every anxious thought, washing away worry, washing away sickness, washing away depression, all of it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just more. Just stay in this moment. The Lord is just pouring into every heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus wants to remind some people this morning that I care for you so much. Even the things that no one else sees, I see. I know about it. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one leading us to rivers of living water, streams, still streams of peace. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that in your presence there is freedom and in your presence there is joy forevermore. And I pray a blessing over your people this morning. And Father, we recommit ourselves as a church. We recommit ourselves as a flock under your leadership, under your good, merciful, kind, loving, beautiful leadership.
Lord, lead us where you want us to go. We surrender afresh. And we want to follow you with everything inside of us. So I bless your people this morning. Thank you that you're going before us, behind us, and around us. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Awesome family. I pray that the Lord has really blessed you this morning. And I want to invite you, if you need prayer, our team will be here in front. Never be shy to come for prayer. We all need prayer. Amen. And uh, for those of you who want to enjoy a good cup of coffee, you're welcome to do so. Please remember to RSVP at the back. Gemeente vergadering. It's going to be amazing. You do not want to miss out in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>